we are looking at today is to do exactly with that the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons, the children of God. Verse 15 of Romans 8, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That word Abba was like Papa or Daddy. And then in verse 16, it says the Spirit Himself, and that's important, not itself, Himself. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, not a, not a cosmic power. He is a person, a locatable person. He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then hears, hears of God and joint ears with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. This is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. His first great act in all of our lives is to bring us into sonship. That's what I want to talk about this week, being made children of God. When we are born again, we, are be we become direct descendants of God the Father in heaven. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children, people who are born directly from Himself. And that happens by the power of the great Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important for us to have the Holy Spirit in our gatherings. Otherwise, people are simply going to pray a prayer that doesn't do anything in their lives or make any great transformations. But we are transformed by a divine act where God is fused with our spirit. And it's that supernatural fusion that makes us a child of God. And the reference here is to sons of God because the firstborn sons received the double inheritance, the highest honor and highest privileges in the family. And so Jesus being the firstborn son, God is saying, I want you all as children to enjoy the exact same benefits as my only beloved son, my only begotten beloved son, Jesus, also enjoyed. Now, let me just take you through some historical and cultural facts about this fact that we are born again, because this says here that we have become children by adoption as well. In verse 15, it says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Daddy, Father. That's, this verse is kind of mind-blowing. I mean, to me, this is astonishing because firstly, for a lot of us, our relationship with our earthly father may not have been that wonderful. And we might, as fathers, regret some of the relationship breakdowns we've, we've had in our, with our children. I would love to believe that in this service, the power of the Holy Spirit will come to every one of us and heal any father wounds or areas in our lives that have been damaged or wounded or is just a hole, a lacking in that area of fatherhood because we can discover all of those things with our Father in heaven. And, and if we can avoid overlaying the image of our earthly father on the Father in heaven and just start to get a new clear view of what our Father in heaven is really like, that will help us immensely.
Fatherhood is an amazingly large subject. And here is one of the first things that God does in our lives. He doesn't just give birth to us, which would be enough. We've got to admit, being born of God, please. That's like born again. The word again is also translated from above. You mean I'm born from God? God has given birth to a new person called me here on this earth. That's exactly what has happened. But you know what? God in heaven is so interested and intent on you knowing and Him securing you as His child. Not only has He given birth to you, He's also adopted you. So He has sent the spirit of adoption into your heart so that you can cry out, Daddy, Father. Now, for some of us, that might almost seem embarrassing that He is calling us into a level of intimate relationship with Him that is not just, yes, Father in heaven, an official, formal relationship. He's saying, no, 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 it's not technical. It's not just a technical thing where you've signed a paper and you're now adopted into my family. I want this to enter enter into a relationship with you where you're my son and I'm your father. And not just your father, but your papa. I'm your dad. And he's saying, I want us to come into that relationship by the power of the Holy Spirit. One thing the Holy Spirit will do is lead you into a closer relationship with God in heaven than we could ever get by ourselves. In the Old Testament, there were in the temple, you had to go through one curtain, then another curtain, then another curtain before you got into the place they called the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, the Bible says, Jesus has blasted away, all the way into the Holy of Holies. He's removed all the veils between us and God, this progressive getting closer. And now He's given us access, the book of Ephesians says, by the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Father. That isn't just another technical point either where we come into an office and sit down on the other side of a desk and say, hello, Father. It's like He's saying, He has welcomed you into His house, not His office. In fact, There's no reference to God having an office. He only has a house. It's a home, the house of God, the place where His love is expressed to anybody who comes into His world. And He's so delighted to have you. He says, I want you to share the same inheritance I'm giving to Jesus Christ, my son. So He says, I'm gonna make you joint ears with Him. He seats us with Christ at His own right hand. And then the work of the Holy Spirit draws us closer to God. Oh, let me tell you. Let me, let me say this. The, in the world we live in, there's so much stress that people are carrying. The closer you draw near to the Father, the less stress you will feel the easing of troubled minds, the lifting of heavy burdens. All of that happens coming closer and closer to the presence of the Lord and spending three days to soak in the presence of God at a conference called Presence will 
tangle, untangle all those knots and things that are wound up so tight. Because that is what Romans 8.15 is saying. You did not receive a spirit of bondage again to be afraid. If some of us have that nervous thing about our father, oh, dad's coming home. Hope he's in a good mood. Oh, I don't want to ring up my father. He's, you know, he's so severe. He just says, oh, here's your mother. Talk to her. And it's like a lot, for a lot of us, that's how our earthly experience may have been. And I'm praying that we can somehow find the, the Holy Spirit coming to us today, breaking that spirit of fear about, with God. We might even have been taught in, in religious settings before we came into these kind of meetings where God is frowning and He's after you. He's, you've got consequences coming in your life. He's a God of judgment. He's coming quickly to judge the world and punishments and catastrophes and all these bad things are going to happen around the world and in your life whenever you just step a little to the left or to the right of where He's got you. You've got to understand that that is not how the Spirit is bringing God the Father into your world. He's bringing not just the Father, but Papa. Hey, Dad, thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you. I'm not only born of God, you initiated an adoption process. In the days when Paul was writing this, Adoption happened no other way and it generally happens no other way today other than the parents initiating the process because they're motivated to have a child. And the beautiful thing about adoption is that anybody who's adopted has been chosen. They were wanted. It's not like, whoops, oh, we had a child. Oh, God, you know, and it's, this is, adoption is determination and determined intent we want this child. You are wanted by the Father. You're not just needed. It's not like He needs you. He wants you. There's a vast world of difference in that whole statement. And that is what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm going to break the spirit of bondage, which makes you nervous about God in heaven or about your own Father here or just in life. And I am going to bring into you the spirit of adoption by which you cry out. You enter into a prayer life that is not like, oh, I've got to white knuckle my way through grinding, praying and, and seeking God and you know, that, that kind of... Prayer is birthed out of a close relationship with your Father in heaven who is just welcoming you and drawing you to Himself said, please spend a little time with me. And if we've got an idea about prayer that it's onerous and irksome and something you endure, then we haven't really discovered because God is real. Here's the point. God is actually, it's not like he's a thought or an idea. He is there. When you go, Lord, I'd like to spend some time. Before you finish the sentence, you'll know he's there. And he can unwind all that stress. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. God is the great peace bringer into our lives. If we need anything these days, my friends, it's peace. It's at the top of the list of most people's 
needs. This is what I want to deal with, the stress. I'm so wound up. My kids are like this. Their finances are like that. Their housing is like this. I don't know if I, my relationship with my family and my husband or my wife, it's all just stress. And, and to find a place where somebody can impart this peace of God into our lives that comes from this relationship of knowing God as our Father. So being adopted, we enter into this family. It's not just, you're not just adopted into this relationship with God. You're actually adopted into a family of believers who gather in the house of God. He has a house. Any father has a house. His house is where we are today. One church, many locations. One house, many roofs. It, it, it's just all over the city and we will keep expanding. This year we plan on expanding six new locations around the city. So exciting. Every location, every congregation is a gate of heaven. And we want to populate the city with so many gates of heaven. Opportunities for people to enter into a relationship with the Father and for God to enter into a relationship with them. When you, when you became adopted in, in Paul's time, you, all your debts were canceled. That's, that's pretty amazing. All your debts were canceled if you had any. You had to uh, relinquish all family links from the previous one because you were now fully in this particular family and you were equal to all the other sons and daughters, whether they were biological or adopted. There was a complete equality. You entered into a full status relationship as a child of that father and mother. And that is always the concept in, in, in Paul's mind when he's talking about sonship. There's also the, the feeling in, in his writings that we have graduated from slavery to sonship. And that is a beautiful thing. Jesus said, whoever the son sets free is free indeed. And you and I, when we reach out to become set free by the power of God. Sonship comes into our lives. Galatians 4 verse 5 says that Jesus was sent to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are his sons, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. There it is again. That we enter into this relationship by the power of the Holy Spirit where we are his son. And then he goes into this graduation or this freeing from being a slave. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. You're not just here to serve God or to be enslaved to any other thing. He has broken those chains. Listen, if there's anything that has got you and you try to break free all the time, the liberty comes through the Holy Spirit coming into your world. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And instead of just trying to break free of whatever it is that's binding us to our past or in the current present fixations in our minds, obsessions in our heart, to get free takes a power stronger than us, it takes a power stronger than the thing binding us that's enslaved us. And when we open up to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God coming upon us, He breaks those chains and transforms our lives. We might have tried it many times, but today reach out to Him and let that Spirit of God come in and set us free from slavery and take us into sonship. 
where we are completely free. Here it is again in Romans 8, 15. I want to read it again. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which you cry out, Abba, Father. Now, let me, let me take you to uh, a scripture which is in Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. This passage of scripture was the first scripture I ever felt like God had quickened to me, like He was speaking to me. And it wasn't the entire scripture. It was just the first two words. I was sitting in a little car called a Bambina. It was made by the Fiat Company. I was the guy who drove around the city of Christchurch where I was born again. And I'd been saved a little while. I had this job where you went and picked up all the undeveloped film for a lot of you, you don't even know what that is. You like got your camera and your digital things. You've only ever known that. But, but there used to be a time where you'd take a photo. You didn't know what you'd taken. You couldn't see it. It was on a film. You just hoped it was all right. You'd taken the spool. There were 36 photos on it. And you took it out of the back of the camera. I know it might be gobbledygook to some of you, but some of you know what I'm talking about. And then you put it in uh, the chemist. You took it to the chemist shop. Uh, and, and they would put it in a bag, all the spools in a bag, and off they'd go with your name on it to a developing place. And about a week later, they'd all come back and you'd look at all your photos and put them in albums and stuff. Well, I was the guy who picked them up, took them to the place and took back all the developments on film. And they gave me a tiny little car. The, guy, the boss was real you know, mean about what he's going to do. I, this, this little car, it would, even, it would just look at a gas station and go for another 30 miles. It was just so cheap to run. It was like a pregnant skateboard. It was like... Very small. I'm in this car driving around. Well, I got home to where we were living one day, and I'm sitting in there, and I could feel God drawing near to me. And I picked up my Bible, which I had in the car, and it came open at this scripture. I was just, you know, thumbing through, and then bam, the scripture came and said, My son. And it was like silver rain was falling all around me. It felt like rain was falling. And God was talking to us in another level of consciousness. But those two words were the first two words I felt like God had ever spoken to me. And I started crying. I was weeping, the impact of it. Number one, he was saying, my, my son. And he was saying who I was, his son. I'm not saying the son, I'm saying our son. But it was so overwhelming for me, so impacting it made me shudder on the inside that God in heaven was speaking to my heart, saying, my son. And then he had some counsel for me in those words, which has served me well all the time I've been a Christian, all those passages. But the beginning of it, just to know I was his son. I went and shared it with my friend, Wayne, who had also gotten born again with me. I said, I think God just spoke to me. He said, what did he say? I showed him the scripture. I said, my son. He started crying as well. The impact of it was so powerful. That is what the Holy Spirit has come to give us. The sonship, the sense of relationship with our, our dad in heaven, our father. You know, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus tells a story of two sons in Luke 15. One has run away because he got all his inheritance too much, had too much money, couldn't handle it. And he just wasted it. The other son was a good boy, though. He, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't have any parties. He was a real lemon juice 
guy. You know, always looked sour, worked hard, resented it, but felt he was doing the right thing. Kind of the old, old school religious character, young, wild, prodigal son, two very different boys. When this prodigal son comes home, the father sees him a long way off. He doesn't even wait for the son to make it to the door. He runs down the road. Now, if I was that boy and I'd wasted all my father's living, I'd been living the worst life, given my father a bad name, worried nights, I'd be walking up that road, looking at my father running at me, thinking, oh no, he's gonna take a gun out and he's gonna just fire at me. And his robes are going everywhere. Is is like, but there's no gun. There's nothing like that. There's just wide open arms. And he runs towards his son and embraces him. And the son is weeping, trying to repent, trying to get right. Father says, "Bring the best robe. Bring sandals for his feet. Put ring on his finger. Kill the fatted calf." I wonder how many calves had become cows. I wonder how many times the father was preparing the calf, believing that his son would come home, waiting for him, getting ready for the party. Well, that's exactly how God is in this world. He's just waiting for you to come to Him. And you know what? That embrace said everything to the son. He didn't need any message. He didn't need anything else, but just that great wide embrace from the father. I was once at a men's conference speaking, oh, many years ago. And I felt the Lord speak to me about inviting men who had never had a father's hug in their life to come to the altar. And I said, you know, I felt like I wanted to convey this embrace from the father. I thought, well, there might be out of this congregation, it might've been a thousand People, I thought, well, maybe there's 10, most 20. You know, nearly half, half of those men, even more, packed that place. It took me a long time to get through. And a lot of them were older than me, so it, it was almost awkward. But there was, there was something about that, that moment I felt that was very healing for all of them. And I know the Father has sent the Holy Spirit into this world to embrace you, to heal you. And in a few moments, the pastor is going to invite you to receive the Father, to receive the Son and to draw near to Him and let God draw near to you. I really pray that you'll discover that embrace of the Father today and that you'll know as the Spirit fills your life that you're a son, a child, a, a, someone that God has wanted all of eternity and now has adopted you into His family. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every heart, every person, every family, every child, every son, every daughter, every man, every woman that is in our meetings today. The great power and blessing of heaven would draw near to them right now. That experience the Holy Spirit enfolding the Father's arms around them drawing them into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, God bless you. What a wonderful word. Yeah, come on. That's worth doing an applause for.
just wonderful words straight from the word of god just to so help us in this life